Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolpreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell Rappin, and I am on a mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the messy world of startup, growth, reinvention, or sometimes a plot twist. Joining today, we're going to be digging deep with our guest who's going to share her insights on her journey, and we hope to inspire you to take the best concepts and strategies and apply them to you to fast track your business. Today, our guest is Anastasia Anselm, and I'm excited to sit down with her. She's bringing the sunshine with us today. After experiencing a death in her family, a relative, she decided that it was not okay to let her dreams go live on a piece of paper in her journal. Instead, it was time to go live her dreams day by day. She now owns and manages five businesses and has two new businesses launching very soon. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Can't wait to hear about your story. Thank you so much, Christine, for having me on the um, the podcast. I am very grateful to sit down and speak with your audience. Um, we are going to have an awesome and interesting and inspiring and motivating Hopefully, after this conversation, we get audience members to actually pivot and step in and make that change that we need in their lives. Absolutely. This is a journey of entrepreneurship. And we talked a little bit about the fact that the journey is not always what we anticipate. But I always like to start the conversation around how did your business journey or your journey into the first step of entrepreneurship happen? Did you see it coming or what really open the door for you to walk through? Okay, so that is actually a great question. I was burnt out. I had a managerial job. I used to manage a hotel, a five-star hotel. And I was waking from 7 in the morning until sometimes 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I just got to a stage where I was like, no. I cannot do this anymore. Um, I ignored it for a bit and I continued working. And then it got really bad where I was just unhappy. I did not want to go to work on a daily basis, getting out of bed felt like a drag. And so I said, no, something has to change. And so I left my job. At that point in time, I did not know exactly what it is that I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to be able to survive off of my own efforts, off of my own sweat. I wanted to build my dream. I was spending so much time building someone else's dream, but I knew that I wanted to build my own. And at that stage, a lot of my friends, my family members, they were like, are you crazy? Why are you leaving a six-figure job to figure out life and so I said to them you know it there is just something inside of me there is something inside of me a calling that is just telling me you have to go out on your own and so that is basically how my journey started one of my friends she was selling her spy equipment because she was moving off the island because I live in Dominica uh, which is in West Indies and I decided, okay, I'm going to purchase her equipment. Uh, I then quickly learned, learned all of the services that we offer. And that's how I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I, I first business. 
I love it. Sometimes there is that really small moment that really sparks a big change. And in this case, it was a friend who was selling equipment thought, I want to use this as my launch pad. So you had this big calling to create a life on your own terms. What did success look like in terms of that alternate? Because you said I was working myself for somebody else's dreams. I knew I wanted something different. But in those early days, what did you envision success as an entrepreneur would look like? And that would be how you would recognize it when you were living it. For me, at that stage, success was just owning my own business. Uh, there was no financial figures attached to it. Uh, as I got deeper and deeper, as more time passed by as an entrepreneur, I then mapped out exactly where it is that I wanted to go. In the beginning, when I started, I had no real plan. I know that I should not see this. You're supposed to start a business with a solid plan, a solid foundation. But for the first few months, I winged it like I legit <laughs> went to what. And then after a while, when I realized, okay, you know, I started to do a bit more research and then I developed, you know, marketing strategies and so forth. But I just knew at that time I wanted to start. Like I didn't want it to be perfect and work on it for months or years. I just wanted to start. I knew. And then also too as well, my savings were being depleted quickly and my husband was like you have to figure it out like you have been home for way too long um you're seeking jobs to make odds and then need to uh, we are investing our savings into this business you need to figure it out so i had to figure it out i did not have time to sit and make it perfect so in the beginning i really did not have the definition of success the success for me was just being able to work for myself but now, um, six years later, I do have a complete, def a completely different definition of success, and that starts with one freedom, um, freedom to be able to manage my day, manage my time. Um, so freedom is a huge part of what I define as success. Also, too, as well, in terms of having that work-life balance, because that is something for me that's very important. Uh, when it comes to work, I am a workaholic. I would work, I would put in the hours. That is not a problem. But when it comes to my downtime and me being able to disconnect, I am also very serious about that. So I switch my phones off. My team members know not to contact me. So for me, freedom was a definite must um, in terms of my definition of success. Also, too, as well, uh, in terms of uh, financial. So for me, financial, um, having the ability to purchase things that I want, uh, having the ability um, for the generations after me to also not have to worry about university fees uh, or not have to worry about, I want to start a venture, but I don't have the capital or I don't have the down payment for the bank. Uh, how can I find this? Or, you know. I wanted to be able to um, create that generational wealth uh, and then also to as well uh, just to be a positive role model for the younger generations in my family because many a times you know you hear persons saying that oh you know basically your environment creates limiting beliefs uh, and you carry these limiting beliefs with you throughout your childhood, within your adulthood. 
um, because persons will tell you, oh, you know, you could never own a business or you can never be successful. So for me, that was also a huge role or a huge part in terms of what I define success as. I love this because this is, I think, is, is a very common theme. I know I see when I'm working and, and being around my peers, which are fellow entrepreneurs, is, you know, we may start with with a very misty or vague idea of what success looks like. But as we start to, you know, breathe into it, and I say when this path becomes a non-negotiable, it's like I'm really all in. In my dream, I'm really all in. It also starts to shift to often be about legacy. How can I equip others or how can I create freedom? And, and freedom looks really more specific. And I love the examples that you shared there that really light you up and the boundaries you've had to learn because there is a need and a desire and an expectation that's really unhealthy in the world of entrepreneurship, which is hustle, is what it takes to be successful. And curious for you and your journey as you look back you know, on the six years, was there a piece of advice that you were given that really helped you move forward to that step? There were quite a lot of pieces of advice. Um, and I think one of them, I, I can tell you a few. So definitely one is invest in yourself. If there is anything that I can do differently um, in terms of starting or having the opportunity to start over my entrepreneurial journey, I would definitely see investing in myself earlier um, because I have realized that I am my best asset. Um, I am the best person to carry me through trials and tribulations. I am the best person to convert obstacles into opportunity. I am also the best person. And when you... What I've learned is that in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I found that my financial goals or just in terms of persons uh, um, supporting my businesses was a little bit on the shaky side. And, you know, like I was trying to figure out why, like, why isn't it that persons aren't believing in my business? Why, why am I not seeing the results that I wanted to? And then when I started to believe in myself, uh, and that transferred onto my team members. They bought into the brand. They bought into the business. They understood that, okay, you know, this is what Anastasia stands for. So they bought into that brand. Um, also too as well, you know, clients also brought bought in into my brand too as well because they actually believe that, okay, this is the results that we are going to get from this individual or from her product or her services. So I would definitely say invest in yourself. Investing in yourself is key. Um, and then also too as well, your financials. Um, my financial coach basically told me at one point, uh, if you are not monitoring your financials, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. And I was so very confused because I was working, putting in the time, putting in the effort, going the extra mile. I was working hard, but I just was not seeing the results. And so I would always tell myself, oh, you know, I'll pay more attention to my financials when I hit four figures or when I hit five figures. But for now, it's just a little bit of money that I'm making, you know. I don't need to spend that much time or effort into managing it. I just make money, spend it. And... When my coach told me that and I sat down and I 
looked at my financials, I was like, wait, my businesses are making money and they're making a lot of money. I'm just managing it poorly. And so I would definitely say that if you have a business, you have to monitor your financials. Um, that is another key gem. And then also to as well, um, your mindset. Well, I won't say so much your mindset, but in terms of your support system, your network, um, they are important. You would think that, oh, no, well, you know, if I am progressing, you know, I can still have the same friends. But unfortunately, I, I learned that uh, some business do have to get left behind because uh, um, you would come with your big goals or dreams and then they would be like, no, you know, you, you can't do that. Who are you? Why, why do you think that you can do that? And so at some point in time, your friends or your network will tweak as you start to become more successful. Also too, as well, you know, you realize, okay, you want to work, you want to develop, you want to invest in yourself and your friends are still at the phase of let's go party, let's go live our lives, let's go spend all of our paycheck. You know, like, why are you worried about saving? So eventually you will lose some of your friends. Um, so your network is your net worth. Um, so I think that that was definitely a gem for me too as well. There's a lot to be said for, you know, the permission to evolve. You know, to invest in yourself early is definitely one of the key things I hear time and time again. It's also the fact it's finding your inner circle. It is also revenue does not equal cash flow and cash flow does not equal profit. All three of those things are really important. And I love that you were surprised that you were seeing, I actually am making more than I think, but there's a gold nugget to the audience here. I was managing it poorly. And so I'm curious because, you know, and I look at where you are today, which is six years into the journey. You haven't just started and managed one business. In fact, today you have five with some others on the horizon. Tell me kind of the philosophy and maybe some of the thinking you had or challenges you had about moving beyond just one. That is that is actually a very good question. Many of my businesses came about through obstacles that I encountered. And because of that mindset, because at different phases in my life, um, I was building on my mindset, working on that journey to develop myself. Um, I saw obstacles and I created them. I turned up, I turned them into opportunities. So let's say like, for instance, uh, um, during the pandemic, uh, a lot of my businesses, they were closer because, uh, we were basically seen as being super spreaders because I have a two, I have a day spa, which has two locations. Then I also have a spa with a barbershop attached to it. I have a cleaning company. Now the cleaning company closed because we do commercial cleaning. And so many offices were closed. And then I have a graphic design business. Now, because many businesses were closed, um, no one wanted flyers or virtual assistant services. And so I was like, okay, you know, I have expenses mounted and no revenue coming in. I'm like, what do I do? And within two days, like, okay, for the first time they said, oh, just give us seven days and then you'll be back out to work. 
And then after the first seven days, it was like, oh, well, give us 14 more days and then you'll be back up. And I'm like, I have bills to pay. And so how do I figure it out during this pandemic? Like, what do I do? And so I sat down and figured out how do I monetize some of the skills that I currently have. And so one of the skills was being able to know or build hydroponic and aquaponic systems. Um, so I knew the new, I know how I knew the know-how in terms of the technical aspect, but to actually build a system, I could not. So I solicited the services of a contractor and he built the systems for me. We marketed, we marketed the systems to a lot of female farmers because it helped them in terms of there's no big labor intensive. They're not dealing with soil. They don't have to hire as many hands. It's, it's time saving. Um, it's also great for their back. They don't have to bend down as much. So we quickly developed our niche audience. And that business actually went from zero to now we are four figures and hoping by mid next year, we would be six figures. And so I've seen that a, an, a peak or an interest in that business and that business came about from an obstacle which was the pandemic and having to pay my bills so you know many of my businesses actually came about that way and it's not just uh, um, oh you know like when you open up this business or that business obstacles that were in my way that I was quickly able to convert into opportunities. I think it's fabulous to hear that story because we have to be resilient there are going to be hopefully no more pandemics, but plot twists changing in consumer behavior. You know, there's there's economic swings in every season. This is not a new thing for anybody else who would listen to the news. This this is not a new thing. And and it is important to also then be observing. And I think what you do have is a great skill of saying this is an opportunity. Here is something I have skills around. How can I work with people? But there's also another recognition there of I can't do this by myself. And you chose to partner with somebody who had complementary skills. So I'm curious because you've taken businesses and you've grown them economically and you have big vision to move, you know, some businesses at six figures and some now at seven. Do you encounter the same mindset challenges regardless of the level or do you start to see different factors at play? The bigger your businesses grow or the wider your portfolio has expanded. Um, so I do actually have some similar mindset challenges. There is from time to time where um, imposter syndrome would definitely step in and I, I would be like, no, I can't do this. Who am I to believe that I can't do this? And I've learned in terms of how to manage my imposter syndrome is not as bad as years past where I would actually prefer to stand still instead of uh, failing. So I've learned to manage it. I, I understand what is happening. I know when it's going to happen or I understand when it's actually happening. I know what to do. So I quickly look at my wins. I reassure myself. I uh, do affirmations to keep myself within a positive uh, space. So I still do have some challenges. Um, there is also in terms of, you know, like the challenge of uh, um you're entering into new markets as I expand my portfolio. Many times persons would be like, oh, you know, but this is not your, um, this is not your 40. This is not your strength. Why are you within this realm? 
why are you opening up a business? Uh, and they're like, because I have seen that there is a niche market that is not being served. And so I am going to serve them. And so having that confidence and moving into that market um, quickly and swiftly and, and trying to really serve some of, uh, or trying to profit or success or, or grow my business based upon uh, my competitors' weaknesses. Uh, um, I have realized that, you know, that can also be a challenge because many times, you know, they would come in and be like, oh, but you're not supposed to be here. Why are you here? Um, so I would think, I would say that those are definitely like some challenges that I still see um, throughout the six years, but it's just not as bad as they were before. Um, so yeah, definitely. Congratulations on the progress. There was an interesting stat I read many years ago. And it was talking about particularly women because, you know, we're women founders and and there is a really high stat that high achieving women, 75% of us suffer from imposter syndrome at some points on our business journey. Even though we've had success before us, we get into the room and think, who am I to be in this room? And there are other people who are the first people to say, why are you in the room? And it can really rattle us. And so I do agree with you, uh, this, this truth that I don't necessarily shell the limiting beliefs. I recognize them sooner. I have skills to navigate through them and I try to get moving more quickly than, you know, earlier in the journey. So I celebrate that for you because that is, you know, encouraging, I hope, to the audience who feels and hears this and says, you're not alone on that journey. Welcome to a very great club to be part of. And that is an evolution of being a business owner. So I'm curious as, as we, you know, head into our final question here and it's, you know, what do you see as the roadblock you are excited to conquer as you take your business to the next level? The roadblock that I am excited to conquer, I would definitely say uh, from a financial standpoint, because when I started my business, I was, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I was not that focused on my finances. Like I knew I wanted to make money I knew that I was making money. Um, I then later learned that I was doing it all wrong in terms of managing my finances and I was working hard with little reward. And so that was a big discouraging for me at the beginning. And only recently did I really start to take my financial serious. And so definitely I would say um, scaling my businesses to a stage where my businesses pay large bills uh, um, and it's not just, you know, because many a times persons try to make it seem like, oh, you know, you're a female, also oh, you're a little business. So there is that uh, um, where they try to downplay um, the strength or the growth of your business and, and they like to put the word little in front of it. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, like in terms of the financial aspect. And then also too as well, in terms of developing my team, um, what I've noticed is that quite a lot of my team members would join the organization and they have amazing skills, amazing talents and they themselves don't believe in themselves. And so while I hire them and while it might sound crazy, weird, stupid, 
but I do also want to build others up. Um, so I always tell them that, you know, I don't want you to be here with me for more than three years. If you're still here after three years, then I have failed you personally because at some point in the journey, you have to tell yourself, well, okay, you know, um, I want to grow. I want to do more. Or if it is that you have decided to stay on, then it has to mean that you have something else that you're working on on the side. Um, but in terms of you, you know, personally developing yourself. So just working with others, trying to get others to really let go of their limiting beliefs too as well. I think that's fantastic. And I said uh, to a client of mine just this past week, and we were talking about growth and numbers, the journey from the first six figures to multiple six figures. And I said, instead of thinking, you know, it was never about personal income in her case, but she said, I said, imagine if it wasn't about how much you earned, but how much you could give back. And it shifted everything in her business because it was then about, wow, if I could fund something else or if I could bring in other people who had security, freedom, impact, I said, would that interest you? She said, it gets me up out of bed every day with a fire. And that's the mm-hmm. leg I think you're creating. It's wonderful to have had the opportunity to sit down and to chat with you. Guys, that's another amazing episode of the Ballpreneur After Hours podcast couple of things we'd love for you if you've enjoyed this conversation please give us a five-star review if you are like anastasia an entrepreneur who wants to share their story please reach out we'd love to have you as a guest on our show and be sure that you are keeping an eye out for future episodes on our website right now until next time today is the perfect day if you are an entrepreneur to chase your dreams make a positive impact and go make a difference. Thank you very much for being our guest this evening. I hope you have a fabulous day. We will see you on our next episode.